Okay, Roddy Bodies, we are back. Truly Rotten Tomatoes. You're here with Declan and the gang. We've got Morgan. We got Mitch. We got Hayden. I'm not letting him introduce themselves. I'm not. What's letting up, him everybody? Shout it's okay. Hayden. It's good to What's be up? Here. Shout really out to lovely. my salsa. Hey, yo, it's me, Morgan. Just want to say, hey, all my tomatoes out there tonight. Today we are going to be talking about the Rotten Tomato Bolero from 1984. It was actually added to the list after we started the podcast, so we we missed over it because it wasn't there. But most importantly, we've got a guest in the house. We've got the. Well, one of, I think there's a few other people with the same name, but it's Michael Shanks, everybody. Whoa, what's Welcome up? It's me, Star of hey. Stargate SG-1. Hey. Welcome to the house. Thank you very much for having me. What a beautiful house. So Michael is uh, an accomplished filmmaker. He's a visual effects artist. He's an actor. He's got a popular YouTube channel. He's made some cool stuff. You might have seen some of his work. You might have seen his show, The Wizards of Oz, of which he... Uh, did almost everything on himself with no help from anyone else. No, none at all. Entirely me. Proving that film is not a collaborative medium. Absolutely not. I played every role, uh, did every bit of production, raised the finance myself from my lemonade stand. It was all good. <laughs> and uh, he also had a short film that just came out called Rebooted, which by my last count has nearly a million hits on YouTube, which I think is still a good metric. Yeah, thank you. I, I think so too. I, like, I haven't actually put anything out on YouTube for over three years. So when this short came out, even though there is a bit of a subscriber base for that channel, I thought, no one's going to watch this. Who cares? And it turns out a couple of people. No, almost a million So people. for me, a million is, is pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. I'm pretty pleased That's with that. incredible. Oh, thanks, team. We're really glad to have you on the show. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a and big I want fan. to apologize yeah. first by having to make you watch this film because <laughs> I didn't realize it was virtually a softcore pornography film Ooh, from the 80s. Oh, boy, I am charged up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, can I, can I get a general consent? of who left this film like angry because I kind of <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a, with a raging boner <laughs> Blue who ball? left dizzied yeah. <laughs> from how much uh, blood was in their penis because I just I, I fell out of the room I was certainly not angry at this film as we dig deeper into it, I'll reveal exactly how I felt. But the first the first 20 minutes of this owned, I was like, this is going to be fucking sick. And then, as always happens, the second act hits. And Before no, we get no. too into even the first 20 minutes, we've got Michael here. We should probably ask him a few questions. Let Let's him get to know the rhythm of the show. Just the standard questions. Like, how much money did you make last year? Uh, according to uh, my recent JobKeeper Centrelink, uh, very little. Cool. That's all I wanted to know. Anyone else got anything? <laughs> uh, yeah, what's Mark Mitchell like? Mark Mitchell is a champion, right? So uh, for any non-Australian listeners, Mark Mitchell is like a stalwart of the sketch comedy scene. And he is uh, like a total legend. And when we were making The Wizards of Oz, we like, as kind of a bit of dream casting, we wanted Mark Mitchell to come and play this character. And we wrote him as kind of the antagonist of the show, but we ended up figuring it out. So we only needed him for one day. So we came in for a day. Like, you know, we hadn't met before. I kind of knew his son like a little bit. And he came in and he just like totally nailed this completely stupid show. Like me and uh, my co-writer, Nick Issel, we had the scene where he was in front of like a, like a green screen, Mark Mitchell, and we were just shouting yes. shit at him. And we just wanted him to just do like <laughs> Australiana stuff. And he'd yeah. be like a very normal, nice guy. And then you, know, you kind of call action and you'd just be like, shout kangaroo. And he'd just go, kangaroo! And we'd be like, uh, uh, George Lazenby, 007, I'm in double O heaven. And he'd just like do it with like 29 <laughs> winks in a minute. Like he was just like a total pro, a total champ. Loved him. Oh, that's man. Awesome. Oh, man, that's great. Hayden and Mitch, you get one question each if you wish. Oh, so what's Tom Cruise like? Uh, Tom Cruise is like uh, my favorite actor. 
Um, my other and, podcast, and Cruise did, Control. Did you work with him at some point? Uh, no, no. But I, I, I hear he's a very nice man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, that's my. Qu- I don't have any further questions. You hear about now. this movie he's doing in space? That you know, it's like become part oh, of the yeah. mythology of Tom Cruise that he does all his own stunts, and it's like he did this motorbike stunt, he did this plane stunt. Now he's going to space, and they're like going to film an action movie like on the International Space Station. I guarantee you, this will never happen. But that's I hope awesome. That it does. I want it to happen. It would be boss. I think it could happen if like Mitch. All right, all right. We're, we're getting into the question. All right. So, what does Guy Pierce smell like? <laughs> well. I, I suppose it depends on what he's been eating, how much he's been working out, but but uh, of course he smells like success. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you, and you have worked with Guy Pierce. Yes, yeah. Okay, go. Yeah, we shot this little movie in space, uh, but uh, yeah, it was coming in I should have said, guys. Uh, everyone gets one question, or they get three wishes, and Michael has to grant them. But we all wasted them on the question. So Sorry, guys. I got my Let's wish. Let's get into the podcast. Let's talk about Bolero, uh, nineteen eighty four. So it was written and directed and shot by. John Derrick. I guess he was pulling what they call a Shanks. And um, <laughs> no, do not associate <laughs> with John Derrick. Oh, that's where that term came from. I, I haven't seen any John Derrick movies, but I know he was in quite a few movies in the 50s. He was an actor. He's in the movie The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. And his wife is Bo Derrick, well, was Bo Derrick back when he was alive, who was the star <laughs> of this movie. So this is basically a movie where a guy is working with his wife and writing, directing, and shooting her. And she has some pretty uh, erotically charged scenes in this movie. Should we talk just general thoughts or do we want to get into the plot? Well, I feel I feel like this is one of those movies that you can sum up pretty quickly like, and then we can delve deeper. So essentially the movie is, and it's set up very, very quickly. There's a- May I? <laughs> yeah, the movie is May I. Yeah, fine. Go on. Cut me off. Go on. You, you do it. There are several women. <laughs> One of them is a horny woman and she's just finished the universities and her other friend is a still hornier woman. And then later a woman is introduced who is also horny. So what I was going to say, I mean, this is good. It's a good sort of um, background. But what I was going to say is that the movie is just... It's it's a woman who graduates from university and she's like to her best friend she's like hey I'm going to graduate university we can go and have sex in like some other country and finally lose our virginity and she, and her friend Holy. is like are you sure and she's like yeah I'm sure and then you find out that she's the heir to a fortune or an heiress to a fortune and she gets given millions of dollars and then she says I quote um <laughs> I believe today is the day I become an excessively rich, rich little, little bitch. bitch. Yeah. And then yeah. literally what I hoped was going to be the rest of the movie was like a sort of like a, a road movie or like a dude wears my car <laughs> where she just goes to different countries trying to lose her virginity. <laughs> and I was so stoked for that. And then that didn't happen. But yeah, so she, go, she goes off. She, I agree that I, I thought that was what the movie was going to be. Right? It felt like, like, that like that's, it seemed like it, it was, was going to be It was settling into that rhythm. Yeah. But then the movie essentially became a, a, a university graduate tries to seduce a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then it just becomes a, rom- a romance movie between her and said pedophile for the rest of the movie, more or less, right? That is... <laughs> yeah. So if, if, if you're to give... That's literally the movie. We've watched about 11 of these truly rotten films from the list. Mm. This is the first one that falls into the straight genre of horny female. We did have at least one other horny female in Look Who's Talking 2, 
or now, yeah. which was John Travolta's boss. But yeah, this is this is like a genre of film that you just don't really see. The main character has one goal: lose her virginity. She's just finished university. She's very attractive. Very she's rich. rich. It, it shouldn't be that hard. And she's very horny. Yeah, yeah that's And for she's sure. been waiting for this moment as well. And so, yeah, she's like, I'm going to travel the world and uh, let's go to Morocco. And specifically, not just I want to lose my virginity, even though she does say that. She does use the word deflower quite a few times. But she's like, I want to enjoy ecstasy. Mm. And her first idea is to go to Morocco and hook up with a sheik. But she doesn't spell ecstasy in the conventional way, does she? <laughs> that's so important because it comes back right at the end, doesn't it? For it's some reason, payoff. yeah. She's <laughs> she she spells ecstasy with an ex in, inexplicable. And then we're reminded of that at the That's end right. again. And suddenly, the whole movie <laughs> makes sense. Now, the very very beginning of this movie, it's like a black and white intro. It's it's it has this face of like a Navajo kind of uh, American Indian character, and then there's like a theater. I think I think it's set in like the twenties or something. The 1920s. Okay. And, and she's gone to... The movie to or the movie the that movie? they're watching? The, uh, the movie that they're in. Like the, the time they're in, sorry. Oh, like yeah. that's a modern oh. movie to them. I get it. I, yeah, Is it right. the 20s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure when this was set. I mean, to begin with, I was certainly like, this is a period piece. Mm. But then I didn't realize it was going to become a period piece. <laughs> that's <laughs> gross. It felt so 80s because obviously it's an 80s film. Yeah. But as you say that, that blows my mind. But, but yeah, there's like an old timey plane they go to rick's bar from casablanca yeah like so what would it would it be like set in like the 40s maybe <laughs> should the war oh, yeah the cars, like, the, what ca- is the cars are like old school that's right yeah it's definitely set in the in that time it's just that she looks like a member of abba that yes. sort of makes you feel like it's the 70s yeah and she uses the term today i become uh, an extra an excessively rich little bitch which is not exactly that's a very 2019 term that's a TikTok term, as we call them. Yes. Yeah, a triple T. So we know that she's, yeah, she comes out of this movie. She's watching a black and white movie. And I uh, think in that movie, there's, there's, there's a sheik or something. It right? looks like a movie that's, yeah, that's set around Morocco. Yeah. And, and there's, I think there's even people in blackface in that pretending to be Moroccans. And so she comes out of it and she's like, <laughs> well, I've graduated university. Maybe I should go to Morocco and uh, lose my virginity to a sheik. That's that's her goal. Yeah. That's her dream. That's that's her game plan. Kind I kind of like the idea. If it was the movie I wanted it to be, that's very progressive. Like a woman's like, I want to go get fucked. I've never been fucked. I want to go. I got all the money in the world. I'm just gonna go find the perfect mm. fuck. I appreciate that she's not gonna settle for a local person. Like that's not good enough for her. She's like, come on, I can get someone who's really rich and. Uh, you know, exotic, I guess. Yeah, because she's classist. Yeah, and she's got an image. She's got like an image in her head of how it's going to be, yeah. obviously. But and that's and the it's lesson not here. Be in her hometown, just like in Superbad or something. You know, don't get your expectations up about your first time. That's what we all need to learn. Because as what happens in this, she meets a sheik, <laughs> as you do, the Iron Sheik playing himself. <laughs> yes. Of course. Before before she jets off to Morocco. She graduates. You see her graduate from university and she gets picked up by her... Um, chauffeur? Her chauffeur. Driver. What's his name? Cotton. Uh. <laughs> gets picked up by Cotton. Cotton. <sighs> Played by George Kennedy. Uh, okay. George Kennedy, the dude from Naked Gun? Yeah. yeah. The uh, oh! kind of straight man from Naked Gun? Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa! I did not... That's what I know him from, but I think he's one of those guys that's had like a huge career Sick. and now is dead. I did notice he was the best actor in yeah. the movie. He I was like the only one on putting screen. in a performance. Yeah. He was solid. 
I don't know. I thought he was like drunk and asleep through most of the movie. He, he's like just like monotone the whole time. So he picks he picks her up after being graduated, and um, she's like, I don't know. He's 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 taking her somewhere. She was but he she says to him, "Stop the car! I've always wanted to do this." And we're we're five minutes into the movie. At this point, yeah. she jumps out of the car and strips naked in front of her university housing. Big English castle style. Yeah. And there are teachers looking out the window and one guy holds his mon- monocle to his <laughs> eye and lets it drop in shock, which was very fun. Yeah, it, it, it's so good. It's not only that, it's a crash zoom in. Yeah. On, yeah. So it's like a wide shot of the university. It crash zooms up to a window where like an extra from an Austin Powers movie just like drops his monocle. <laughs> by his <laughs> yeah. It's like a male version of the, well, I never woman. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so she's taken her top off her breasts. Are jump- she's kind of just dancing, like gallivanting around. Then she kind of flashes her butt, but still wearing underpants and and there's like a shot of the principal or something, and and he just he he's not into it. He's not into mm. it. Yeah. yeah. No. And then and then she has this weird out of nowhere like melodramatic scene with Cotton, her driver, where she's like, "Oh no, I've I've embarrassed you." And he's like, "Oh, I don't know if you've embarrassed me." And she's like, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's weird. And then it's established that he's known her since she was at least three. That's right. What does he say? Because of how much he she goes, changed. I haven't seen you nude since you was three. No, but he <laughs> says it like I'm just shocked because. You've developed You've changed. so much since the last time I saw you naked. And she says, yeah. um, she wow, says you say that so well. said or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, no, you fucking creep. But we will learn later that she is exclusively attracted to pedophiles. So it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she she meets up with her friend. They, they go to Morocco. And, and actually, can I... Oh yeah, yeah. You were about to say they go to Morocco. Yeah, yeah. But that that confused the shit out of me because the way we don't see them leave or anything. They just smash cut to them being in Morocco. I'm like, <laughs> mm, wait, hang right. on. Is this a dream? It's been a bit silly so far. She's taken her clothes off for some reason. Maybe this is sort of like a dream sequence. But no, they're in Morocco. Yeah, and they're trying to find a rich Sikh to fuck her. Yeah, and and so um, the, her friend is like so quickly. They're just so, it's so quick to it that I thought this is going to be such a good movie. I'm like, if they just keep this pace going, I'm engaged. Like, you think it's going to be a bunch of like sort of like semi-racist uh, <laughs> yeah. comedy sketches where they go to a country, there's yeah, like yeah. a bunch of crazy stereotypes from that country. She almost gets her rocks off. Exactly. Like, Ludicrous happens. And then we yeah. move on. Like, that's funny. You've got George Kennedy there. So you're already thinking, maybe this is going to be the naked gun. I've seen yes. a guy drop his monocle. Mm. What and are we, we doing? We, we smash cut to like a, like a fancy bar slash restaurant in Morocco. And she's with her friend who I, I think is European. And she's like, we make you no longer virgin. And she's like, well, isn't that what we're here for? And there's also this really creepy guy with like a two-split pencil moustache, yeah, who, who very... just screams like evil man, who is who's just like helping them. He's like the uh, concierge kind of guy. I'll show. Oh, oh, I can introduce you to a sheik. So I noticed at this point, like a lot of the movie is shot in close-ups. Like, oh my god, crazy close-ups. Mm. Yeah, like extreme close-ups. It'll be like a two-minute dialogue scene of just close-ups and then finally like one wide shot where you realize where they are in, in the space. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so she, like literally she just wants to lose her virginity. That's the plot of this movie. How is she going to do it? She meets this white guy who's kind of got a terrible Middle Eastern accent. <laughs> like it's, it's really shaky. He's losing it all the time. Quite offensive. And, sounds, um, yeah, it sounds pretty much, it just sounds English, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and let's not sleep on the fact that when she walks into the bar, there's 
And, and, and this kind of sets up a precedent for how there are no jokes in this movie. Like, they go mm. to the bar, and a guy's playing as time goes by on the piano. Like, um, uh, the pianist from Casablanca does at Rick's bar, right? Yeah. And she just kind of stands next to it and sort of looks at him and watches him play for, like, 45 seconds and then moves on. Like, they don't make, like, a like a joke or, like, a reference. It's just, like... I think she says something like, I quite like this. And then the other woman says, do you like this? And she goes, yes, I do like this. Pointing the, the classic line from Casablanca. Yeah. I, 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 like I know this. why they did that. And maybe this is a lesson for someone like you, Shanks, who wants to make films. Please. If you, if you reference a popular good film, you get a bit of the residual goodness into your film. That's well, it right. automatically makes your film better than that That's film. Right. Yeah. Because you're yeah. saying like, ha ha, yeah. that film's it's, already done. Yeah. It's stolen valor. It's like stolen scraping valor. off a bit of like, golden sweat or something um so so she meets this this sheik and he's like a white guy but he's straight up white you know and and she propositions him she's like do you want to be the one to to can i bestow this gift she says i've got a gift for you and he's like i will take your gift with great happiness and then um he he takes her into this small airplane and I mean, after what's happened with Kobe Bryant recently, this airplane is very rinky-dink and it, it takes off a couple of times in the movie, but never solidly. It is shaking. It can fit like two people in it. The era that this film is is based in makes me think that they hadn't quite nailed air travel, but yeah, she gets in this plane with this guy and he takes her off to like, I don't know, some some part of the city that's, that's his. Yeah, at, at her request. I thought that like... I thought that maybe uh, this was like a bit of a reference to uh, Lawrence of Arabia, right? Because yeah. he just looks quite a lot like Peter O'Toole, the guy that they've cast. Definitely. That's all. It's just like a series of like maybe referencing like classic <laughs> films. Like we've yeah. gone from Casablanca to this. Which yeah. is why you thought it might be a parody film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish it was. And the, do you remember that at the same time as our main character, who they call Mac a few times, but I... Th- it's Mac. That's a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. I Googled um, it, so... She- so- <laughs> she's gone off with this sheik and at the same time cotton is still like having this fancy dinner with the other girl the european one that was like Mac's best friend and then this man comes up and he's like can i dance with you to the girl and and she tries to do one of those situations where she's pretending she doesn't want to go with him so she's like oh sorry i'm here with my husband and cotton's just like nah you can go with him and she's like are you sure honey and he's like yeah throws her in the deep end <laughs> and i'm like He's meant to be like protecting her, yeah. But he's just like, get out of here. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be your husband. Yeah, it's like she's kicking him under the table, and he's just like, why are you kicking me under the table? Yeah. <laughs> Stop kicking me. Go dance. Use, use those legs for dance. You're not my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so at at her request, he flies her off to. What does she want? In, she wants him to fly her off into a tent possibly a la the movie she saw at the start of in the opening scene and um yeah. fuck her there and he's like all right I'll is, do is that. that is that what it is is it like she watched this movie in the beginning and then she's just like i want my life to be that i think so i follow mm, that logic, i feel yeah. like it's been years of pent up like i want to lose my virginity and then she saw the movie and she was quite suggestible at that stage and she's like maybe that's how i want to do it yeah okay but spoiler alert, she moves on from that fantasy really quickly yeah. and never moves back. That's right. Exactly. Which makes it, like, not a very good, like, driving force for this. Like, I think in general, this is a movie almost without any... Well, it doesn't have a main antagonist. It almost has no antagonist at all. There's, like, no conflict. Like, even in the scene with the dance with me, no, I'm married. Oh, no, you dance with him. Okay. 
Like, like, yeah, like that, right. that's there is it. no conflict whatsoever. And, and and Bo Derek's performance, like I keep wanting to call her Bo Diddley, which would be a way funnier <laughs> movie. That um, she she's just like really like oh okay, this will be fine. Like she she's never like yeah. sad or angry or annoyed. She's just like yep, yeah, whatever. Again, why she's I thought cool. this movie was meant to be like something completely that it wasn't. I just thought her yeah, acting this, was her, so... her sidekick is DJ Qualls. Like, that's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> she she just seems like she's up for a good time, though, generally. She, she's open to anything. I guess... She's got some romantic ideas in her, in her mind. Even later in the movie when she... And spoiler alert, she gets kidnapped. Um, very <laughs> briefly, mind you. Yeah, um, she's yeah. just like, oh, no, don't do this. This is... Uh, oh, I'm so keen to get to that part Once we because, get to that yeah, Then we great. suddenly go into this time jump thing Where she's with her friend And she's retelling the story of what she did with the Sheik And she's she's setting it up to be like This was my beautiful romantic first time And so she sets the scene She specifically says like I made I, I wanted to live this fantasy where he like swept he, he rode in on a horse and swept me up like maybe that happened in the movie that she was watching as well, and then and then we cut to it, and the sheik is like he's trying to do it, but he's like I can't ride a horse. Uh, to be honest, I've only been to Morocco three times. I'm from Oxford. I had an English nanny. I'm a poet, not like a horse rider. And she's like, okay, but you are still a sheik. And he's like, yeah. And then we get some sexy belly dancing for a while, like a like a random woman just just shakes her belly in Bo Derek's face for a few minutes by the <laughs> fire. And then Bo Derek takes her clothes off and the belly dancer leaves and the guy covers her in honey and is like, I'm going to eat honey off your naked body. <laughs> well, no, I wrote it down. He utters the most erotic line of all time. Where is the milk and honey? Ah, there is the milk and honey. <laughs> and we're also getting like an old school silent movie black and white title card with See, a frilly border. Again, yeah. again yeah. just playing, playing into this, oh, this is a silly movie. It's, it's playing off the fact that she'd seen a silent movie before and now she's living out that silent movie. And had this comical thing going on. I think one of the reasons why, like, there's kind of silly situations in this, but they never really work or are never really that funny is because her character, and I actually really kind of like her performance quite a bit, but her character has, like, no ego. There's no way to disappoint her. So if she was somebody who was like, I'm going to get with this sheik, and she finds this guy's a sheik, and then he's like, actually, I'm not a sheik. And she'd be like, no, you're a sheik, and you're going to be a goddamn sheik. Instead, she's like, oh, that's fine. Whatever. You're still technically a sheik. It's yeah. like, no, she can't be disappointed. She can't be uh there's no comic way to foil her plans yeah. because she's up for whatever the movie could have been about her being innocent and being corrupted throughout all of these experiences but as we see the movie ends up being well i don't know what she ends up turning into or if she ends up changing <laughs> at all but uh no she is who she is she's a nice <laughs> she's lady nice. <laughs> she'd be fun at a party there's something to say about like the reason that if you're a woman and you want to sleep with someone that you don't just go around the world and meet up with strangers is because there's some sort of danger that could happen, right? You don't know what kind of people are going to take advantage <laughs> of you or what kind of trouble you'll get into. That doesn't happen to this person at all. And as you said, she is just impossible to disappoint. Yeah, and she's... <laughs> it's magic. She's completely impulsive and calm and, like, never concerned about anything potentially going wrong. She's so chill. It's Yeah, it's, it's actually refreshing. You're right. I'd, I'd hang out with her. She'd be a good hang. <laughs> hmm. So he covers her belly in honey and he's licking it for, like, a good few minutes and it's really sensual and it's, like, this beautiful kind of orange oh. lighting and we're getting some cross dissolves. And The it's, first it's, 20 seconds of it is, is actually... It's not 
gross for a while, you know. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, all right. The mood is fine. And then you get down to her belly. Until and he the, finds the milk and honey. Oh, the amount of liquid that's like dripping from his nose, his nose. directly into her belly button. It's it like, is oh, immediately just, gross. It's like the grossest <laughs> thing I've <laughs> ever seen I in thought my it was, life. Yeah. It reminded me of like, if anybody's ever seen the Brian Usner film Society, it was like the final 20 <gasps> minutes of that. Oh. Uh, anyway, look up I that have... movie. That movie will make you want to barf. It's pretty good. I know this, but uh, it's horrible. To be honest, I thought at the very beginning it was he was putting candle wax on her, even though they just mentioned milk and honey. I was like, candle wax? Oh, that's right. But he's really pouring that on. Like you, you should just be doing a tiny bit. And then I'm like, oh, it's just honey. And then he's kind of lapping it up like a They're dog. Eating the honey. Yeah. They're licking yeah. it up. <laughs> Sorry, that was my B movie impression. And we should also note that um, in this in this scene prior. With the with the fake, uh, what do you call them? The cards where it says, you know, in silent movies, it flicks to a card of text. Just a title card, yeah. Yeah, so a title card comes up, and, and the Sikh at one point says, um, "One, just one more puff of the magic dragon," or something like this. So he turns back to his opium, opium. No, the dragon's tail, whatever. Yeah. He he fucking chuffs some opium. Uh, that happens before all the milk and honey shit, and then of course we find out as she's retelling the story to her best friend. That uh, he fell asleep whilst trying to go down on her. But she's really telling it in a sexy way, and her friend's really into the story. And she's like, "And then he's <laughs> licking my stomach, and then, and then for some reason she goes, oh, 'I'm sorry, I've been lying to you. Here's what actually happened, and he just <laughs> fell asleep.'" This is the part of the movie that, for me, felt the strongest. Like they could repeat 100%. that formula three or four times, yep. and mm. every time it would be like, "Oh, this guy had a little dick. <laughs> oh, this guy had too <laughs> many guys. This guy's dick went wee 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 all the way home." <laughs> and in the end, she realized her true love was Cotton all along. Yeah, he saw right. her naked when she was three, and yet again, I at thought the that's where of the movie, this was going. They, that, that could have been. That's like a good a nice movie, lesson. man. They should make that movie in two thousand twenty. They they did make that movie. <laughs> Female empowerment. It's called um, Leave It to Rio. Uh, it's a Tom Selleck piece of shit. Okay. Don't watch it. I kind of want to watch it. It's about him falling in love with like his f- best friend's daughter, but then him hit like his friend falls in love with his daughter or something. I can't remember. It's real. It's real gross. Sick. That's the film Leave It to Rio. Right, like the inverse of that movie, Adoration, if anybody's seen that. It's an Australian film about two mums who decide to fuck each other's sons because they're like bored and horny. <laughs> oh, God. Bored and horny, my favorite oh, of Sesame called? Street characters. I, w- I want to watch that. I w- That's I cool. It's that. called Adore slash Adoration. I've got to check that um, out. It's, it's, I can't say my opinion of it because I'm working with the producers of the film right now. Um, so yeah. <laughs> let's just say it's good. <laughs> I'm going to check it out. Well, the Robin Wright Penn's Australian accent's pretty good. Here we go. Put that on the poster. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So because... Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just going to mention something kind of peripheral about this movie about the release of it. So this movie was released unrated because they would not release it without an X rating, which is one of like... I don't know. I feel like Showgirls is another movie like that where... It was released because it, it just had that much, like, just eroticism. Because it is essentially softcore pornography, right? This or Showgirls? I mean, both. Well, kind of. But I mean, this especially, because this doesn't have anything else. This, this is this just... This has nothing. You know, the, <laughs> the sexuality. It tries to have anything else. There's a lot of not nudity in it. Like, there's a lot of points where, they're not, where they are wearing clothes. That is true. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm not complaining. 
But there's not a lot in those scenes. I, I liked I liked the narrative. Where were we? What happens after this? She has an encounter with a sheik. It doesn't go the way she wanted. And instead of maybe just waiting till the next morning and trying again or giving it another go later on, she basically gives up on the sheik. He fell asleep. He lost his one chance. She goes back to her friend and they're like, maybe we should lose our virginity in Spain or Italy. <laughs> We've got to go to a different country. Yeah. And does this the friend say... Done. We shouldn't go to Italy because... Oh, the people in Italy... Oh, no, Italy she goes, is... we can't go near Barcelona for some yeah, reason. because she's from oh, that's there. that's their rule. They can't be in their hometowns. They can't be in their hometowns and also the people in Italy are scary, allegedly. <laughs> but also, <laughs> when she... When her, her best friend, who is from Barcelona... Um, this is when you first um, get a little taste of the racism within Mac. <laughs> just just light like <laughs> jovial racism her friend says her friend says we can't go to barcelona i am a spanish and then she replies with i know you are a spanish <laughs> <laughs> yeah they like repeating yeah, things back does. to each other it's very funny she's like she mocking their accent she like it's makes fun so of someone's accent <laughs> So so we jump over to Barcelona and I guess Well hold on well before we before we go there don't we have a scene at an opium den whilst they're still in Mar- Morocco There's there's certainly a, an opium den Is that still in Morocco? I think that happens after. I think that's in right, Italy. Okay. Uh in Barcelona, sorry. It's it's after they watch the uh they they watch like a matador and a bullfighting thing. And it's kind right, of messed up. Yeah. Like a kid jumps in this den during this bullfight and like people have to put their hands in and like pull him out. A kid that's um, been drinking wine all afternoon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the drunk kid. That was funny. We learn that she loves horses. Our, our Mac loves horses. And she wants the matador. She's, she's got her second target. And still, just to narrate my own experience with this film, I'm still in the days of like, all right. Partner number two. Here we go. Different what kind country, of hijinks are they going to get? Yeah, definitely. That's totally agree. Like. And what would have made that, that this Matador thing stronger is like we open the movie with her essentially watching a film about a sheik having a sexual time. And she's like, I want to do that. When the sheik, uh, you know, uh, ends up being a bust because he couldn't bust, she should have like seen a film about a sexy yeah. Matador. And then she's seen her like, like, turning ah. the TV on and like a new thing's on. And she's this like, could be That's Eat, Pray, Love, but it's just <laughs> fuck, so fuck, So what did fuck. you guys think the Matador's <laughs> shortcoming, no pun intended, would be? What did you think would be his thing... Oh, if, well, if I it certainly didn't think it would be that he's a pedophile. Yeah, maybe that he was gay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably Spanish. I had this feeling gay. that he was. I follow that. <laughs> I thought he was going to have some weird relationship with his mother because there was one point where he was at the dinner table, and he like he gave <laughs> her true. specifically like a kiss yes. on the cheek, and I'm like, oh, this is never going to work between him and Bo Derek. He loves his mum too much. That was going to be his thing. Let's tease that out a little further. When when this relationship or or, or partnering didn't go ahead, where, which country would she travel to exactly. next? Exactly. Yeah. Where would she go? <laughs> and what would that guy be? Let's just rewrite the film from this point yeah. onwards. Antarctica would be great. Falls in love with a penguin. She uh, hops into McMurdo and they discover the thing, and it just takes a radical shift. Well, they have to beat a baby seal to eat its. Blubber. <laughs> yeah, they cut it open like a tauntaun and have to stuff somebody inside so they don't freeze to death. But unfortunately, this is not where the movie goes. She, she, no, this is going yeah, to be the guy she's chasing for the next mother. hour and 10 minutes. So, yeah, she, she's into the matador. She watches him bullfight. They go to a dinner. She, I think she always, pro- she comes up to them and she's like, Do you want to go to a dinner with me? And he's like, That'd be lovely. So he brings his mother. Um, she brings her friends. I think Cotton's there as well. And, and there's also, the mother is like scolding 
the matador as you said like they're very close and she's like who is this woman is she another one of your little gypsy love childs and there is this young girl at the table with them and i wasn't sure if that was meant to be the matador's daughter but I later found out it was a yeah. kind of love interest. And yeah. She's only 14. No, sorry, she's 13. And upon turning <laughs> 14, she will start having sex with him because that is their but way. He's uh, just counting down the days wasn't there, on this gypsy lady. Wasn't also Mac's best friend eyeing off a 10-year-old boy at that dinner table as well? And she was like, you could practice on true. that little boy. Wasn't that's that a right. thing? I think that was the that point. Is, that's 100% right. <laughs> so it goes both ways. That was the I'm point. not sure she meant that with regard to practicing. Yeah, they were just having a nice dinner <laughs> at Comet Pizza, and that happened. Yeah, no, definitely the point that I turned on the film. And what about... Hold on, hold on. There's a Scottish character we're forgetting as well. I mean, we're, Oh! Yeah. Scottish yeah. Who, like, 45 seconds after... It's like the opening scene, 45 seconds after a man with a monocle has <laughs> just gone, well, I never... It basically smash cuts to an irrelevant man in a kilt going like, hello there! And it, again, it feels like this is going to be more <laughs> yeah. fun than it is. He's the attorney. Yeah. No, doesn't he come up and say something about like, I wish I'd been cheeky enough to do what she just did. That's not a good accent. No, no, like a it southern was. gentleman. Wow. Yeah. I say. I say so. I have the vapors. Scottish men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, uh, the Scottish guy is into Max, Barcelona and friend. And at one point she's like, what's, what's under that kilt? And he's like, don't you ever call it a kilt. <laughs> don't disrespect the like, kilt. Yeah. And fucking she, whore. Yeah. And she doesn't really react in a way of like, oh, I'm sorry I've offended you. She's just like, oh, why? Why? It's a, it's a skirt, isn't it? That's what he calls it. She's like, what's under your skirt? He's like, it's a kilt. Have you ever say skirt again oh, but then they yeah. fall in love and he I shouts guess. get out me swamp <laughs> he disappears for the majority of the film though doesn't all right my, he? i like guess he, my he scottish accent wasn't that bad he's, he's gone for a long time and then he comes back very briefly yeah i don't know how he even meets him again but he just he comes back to oversee the wine sale yeah. deal this, this is a whole subplot I, that, yeah. that fell out of my brain That's right. well I love him. God bless. Well, I don't know. We're not. We're anyway, not quite there yet. We've we've just met yeah, the matador. Is they they they, they, they pursue mom. the matador further, and she at this dinner. He's about to leave, and old Bo Derek or whatever the fuck her name is, is like, "Hey, I want to come have sex with you now." And he's like, "I can't do that." That's my Spanish accent. Um, and she's like, "Nah, please." And he's like, "No, I can't." And so then she, like, I don't know, without without going into too much detail, she figures out where he is and drives to go and, like, meet him. And it turns out he's having sex with his previous 14-year-old gypsy who's now, like, I don't know, she's she's matured. What is she, 25? Yeah. Way too it's old. It's like a red-headed lady. Yeah, she's an old woman now. But before this happens, um, so they, they finish the dinner. They don't hook up after the dinner. She goes home. I think the next time we see them, they're on a hill... And this bull is coming at them and they're like about to get killed by this bull and Cotton has a gun, but then the matador comes with some friends on horses and they kind of like shake the bull away. And then she's like, can we please, please have sex? And then he's like, no. And she's like, well, can I at least buy one of your horses? And he just keeps being like, I don't sell Uh, horses. I sell wine and I sell bulls. That whole thing of her like trying. That's, 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 that's interesting. She... She says, like, come on, can we hang out tonight? And he's like, no, I can't. I can't break this engagement I have. And she's like, oh, please, you know, like, it'll be so lovely. Can can you please? Uh, she, she does some kind of bargaining. And he still says, look, 
I understand how serious you're taking this, but even that, I cannot. I simply must not miss this engagement. And then we find out that his engagement is going to smoke opium at an opium den. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, I, not, not, not on opium. I no. bought these tickets months ago. I've got, I've got good seats. <laughs> But they, fo- I, I, we're jumping around a fair no, bit now. Is, but they eventually track it, it, it really is hard to get people together to do OPM all at the same time. That's like, right. Just to We've had this planned for months. We cleared our schedule, so the girls decide to do OPM as well, and they're talking about it. And they're like, and one of them's like, "Do you know anything about OPM?" And she's like, "Not much. Just that it sounds so romantic." <laughs> and, and and they just decide they're gonna get fucked up on smoking opium and have sex. And they go to this opium den and there's like an Asian lady working there. And, she, you know, I guess there's some sort of safety precautions. They do a little quiz before you go in. And she's like, do you know the poppy well? Yeah. And they're like, no. And she's like, would you like me to uh, take you on this journey? And they keep calling it um, a love potion in small amounts. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of became Bo Derek by watching this. I was like... Man, I want to smoke opium and <laughs> have sex. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> ad for opium. But I like that when they're when they're discussing, you know, are we going to go to the opium opium den prior to this? Then it smash cuts to a close up of Bo Derek's face, going, "Please!" <laughs> and then the woman who's guarding the opium den is like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll let you in." Yeah, she's like, "I'll make a concession that for you for some reason." <laughs> Not just I'll make a concession for you. It's um, we'll make an exception for you and your and your friends. Yeah. So not an exclusive opium opium den. They go and they smoke opium and they get real high and they just like kind of sit there zonking out. Oh, that's crazy. But who do they bump into? But the matador. Yeah, he he joins them, smokes up with them, and they don't have sex that night but i think in that moment she convinces him to sell her the horse that he said he wouldn't sell yes finally it's over with the horse and then they have a montage of them riding the horses around on the beach yeah that's She's pretty, pretty tight like that horse is good. is great the horse is like really prancy yeah it's probably yeah. like being treated like shit to be forced to do a bunch of show pony stuff and it's like a horrible <laughs> like moment of animal cruelty but to just kind of see it it's it's a very fancy horse, and I like enjoyed it a lot. Like just from like uh, like a purely visually like pleasurable uh, part of my brain, I really quite enjoyed these horse beach stuff. It did the horse beach stuff and the plane. I actually like the plane flying because it looked really dangerous. Yeah. It looked like they the, the person didn't know how to fly the plane, which is probably semi true for this film. It was, it was method <laughs> acting, but he's like, dude, I don't know how to pilot a plane. And they're like, do it in character. The character knows. <laughs> it was method acting. He did a bunch of meth and flew a plane. <laughs> Opium, Opium acting. acting. Yeah. So after this, um, yeah, she convinces him to get the horse. Uh, they're hanging out and they, they are actually going. The guy at the Matador comes to her place that night and this woman that we just alluded to recently that's kind of the Matador's girlfriend or side chick. Um, oh, his, his, his original the older one, concubine. She's like, yeah, she's like a red-headed woman. And, and there was a point where Bo Derek drove up to the Matador to say hi that night, and he was in the jacuzzi naked with this woman, and they were like making out and stuff, and they drive up with the car, and then they're like, oh, sorry, I didn't know you had a partner. And the girl kind of gets up, and she's like, She's like, you want him in your bed? He's in my bed. He's not going to go to your bed. And and she's like, okay, sorry. So she backs off for like 24 hours. But she does it in that just 
completely amicable. I'm on like huge loads of Xanax through the entire film. Yeah, <laughs> just glazed over. Like, okay, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> she's not like, oh my god, this woman's really angry at me, and I've, I'm so sorry that I've intruded on a relationship. She's just like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And then, yeah. Because that's her, like, reaction to literally everything. It is. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, fantastic. I'll see you later. That sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Maybe not tonight, but I'll come back tomorrow. I'll get him high and I'll buy his horse and we'll see what happens. Things can change. I mean, just speaking of speaking of that relationship, I really don't think we should sleep on the fact that it is explicitly said that he got with this girl when she was 14 and is now grooming a 13-year-old to take her place. Mm-hmm. And the movie doesn't indict that at all. The movie's yeah. like, well, that's pretty cool. In fact, yeah. I've written down a thing here. The end of that scene that we're talking about where she's first threatened resolves with Bo Derek looking at the 13-year-old and saying, I hope your 14th birthday is soon, saying, yeah. I can't wait for you to be raped. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, and it's interesting because you do see a lot of, you know, things in the news in this era where people are getting indicted or in trouble for things they did in like the eighties and nineties. And it is all horrible, especially the way people have treated women and had relationships with like, like I, Jerry Seinfeld's always getting dragged. Cause he oh, dated yeah. like a 17 year old when he was like 38. <laughs> and, and then you watch a movie like this <laughs> and you just think like, I mean, I wasn't alive during this time. Maybe this was acceptable. Everyone in this movie just plays this completely like it's uh, yeah, acceptable. But like, yeah, it's fine by them. Even at the time. It'd be strange if it were an American character, I think. I think there's a, a little bit of like, well, it's crazy cultures. Mm. It's the 1920s. <laughs> European romance countries. Yeah. That's how they're so good at fucking over there. This movie should have been called Creepy Cultures. <laughs> that would have been awesome. A sequel to Freaky Friday. <laughs> I would I would watch All that. the cultures wake up in each other's bodies. That's right. That's exactly right. Oh no, I'm Italian. <laughs> now I have to eat pizza. So yeah, so so we've got the she's bought the horse. She's hanging out with the matador. They're getting close. The matador actually comes home to her big palace mansion hotel whatever it is that night. And um and and our friend the redheaded woman the matador's partner comes up and is like what the hell's going on here what are you doing and he's just like get out of here get out of here like uh just go home and she's like I I have to kill you now I'm gonna kill you and he's like well go <laughs> go get a knife then and I'll see you later and he just kind of like <laughs> yeah. slams the door in her face and 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 like is that story over. You know, that's a that's a little hanging thread of plot that could come back in a big dramatic way. Yeah, it could have could have been resolved. Could have. Yeah, then we're in the sex half. We're in the sex Doesn't, half of the film. Do, do they then finally have sex? <laughs> Are we at that part yet? She she. Well, actually, I was going to just quickly say. Also, this thirteen-year-old that he's grooming, Paloma, seems yeah. to live on. Her name's Paloma. Yeah, seems to live on his property with him yeah. or something. It's it's very strange. I, I thought that she was like a because she's. They say several times she's a gypsy, mm, yeah. and they say mm. that like this is the gypsy way, and I, I it sort of feels like they kind of adopt her. Right, the girls right. do. They're like, hey, we need a third girl for our girl gang. Yeah, come yeah. and join us. Yeah, our virginity losing girl. Because they're in the hotel together or something at one point. That's yeah, right. Yeah, she sits yeah. on the yeah. floor. She even like bathes her at one point. She's the the little thirteen year old is in the bath that, and she just comes and yeah. starts washing her and things. And she keeps being just like, just more odd. excuses for them to have like naked women in the movie. But this is a, you know, I don't know how old she actually is, but she's certainly like a teenager. Yeah, but she keeps saying it's like, I've got breasts. I'm a, I'm gross. a woman now. Yeah. I'm a woman. Yeah. That's like the whole point of the movie is to be like, look, look, it's fine. These women are 
they're, they're big now. So it doesn't yeah. matter if they're 13. And guess what? They want it. They'll travel the world to get it. Didn't you watch the movie? They love it. They look, 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 they love it. That's the whole point of the movie. It's just crazy that, like, the women in this movie are all, like, supermodel, like, level mm. beautiful from the 80s. <laughs> and one of the lead men is George Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> and even he was, gets laid in this yeah, movie. He has to keep well. batting them off. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> I was like, everyone gets love. Where does that character come from? When was she introduced? I, I don't remember yeah, her I, even I, being introduced. I get confused. I think I, she was I, introduced. I thought she was the same as the Barcelona lady, but she, I think. I think she just looks oh similar. yeah i completely lost that was she matador's mum? oh god i think like the housekeeper <laughs> oh, or something they were service people uh, jeez could, could have been mother I i'm don't glad know. that it i'm Never glad that it wasn't introduced. just me that couldn't understand where that came from yeah she i think she so was does introduced. anything happen for the next 40 minutes i feel like yeah, no yeah, yeah. right yeah, this sex. is where it gets big okay so firstly <laughs> she she goes home to his house to the matador's house she dresses up in his war memorabilia like a sexy um, ghost he rocks up he's naked um, she licks his. She's like, "Can I show you how to kiss? I've got a, I got a kiss oh, for you." Oh, that was very strange. I got a little kiss for you. Mm. Let me show you my kiss. And he's like, "Okay." And mm. it's just like a lot of ear licking, like up licks. and inside and around. Yeah. For a, it it looks blowing. immediately like not even a lick. Like she just deposits spit from the end of her <laughs> tongue into his ear, yeah. like like in Big Daddy when they do that spit just in his ear, and he's like, "Okay, I guess." Yeah, and she does it for a while, like thirty seconds of her just. Up and in and around licking oh, that God. ear, but gross. they do, um, yeah. they do end up having sex. He enters her. She kind of jolts in like the first penetration, and you're like, oh, she can't take it. And she's like, no, I'm just so mm. happy to no longer be a virgin. That's and right. They do make sweet love. Oh, and I don't know if we're ex- like sort of underplaying how much the sex scenes that we've had so far they're they're pretty lengthy right like when we said at the start of the episode that this is sort of essentially a soft porn movie yeah like these are long annoying arduous sex scenes with pleasure on faces and close-ups on like dicks almost being able to see (laughs) dicks penetrate yeah just that one step away from seeing the actual penetration but lots of close-ups of of hips on hips too long way too long oh yeah I mean, this was pretty explicit. Like, this could have been the, yeah. like, unsimulated sex. Yeah. It kind of felt like that. Probably. I was wondering about that. Uh, this one scene, not the not the honey scene. I think all that yeah. honey was probably CGI. <laughs> that could have been, been unsimulated. Yeah, just a lot of liquid sims. <laughs> They're like, just use spit. It looks like honey. Oh, God, this is such a gross movie. I did want to go back to that scene, though, because, I mean, I remember when he's licking uh, the honey off her, she's like writhing in ecstasy and she's like oh and she's like fanning herself and oh yeah she's fanning oh yeah she fanned she was she's fangirling she's fangirling and in the sex scene maybe not so much so uh yeah this was a step down from the previous sex scene you're like honestly she she seemed to enjoy no no honey What, what gives no honey maybe she was having an allergic reaction to the honey and that was her like gasping for breath like in hereditary because right. yeah. if you're violently allergic to bees it goes without saying you're allergic to their honey as well <laughs> uh, there was a there was in this uh sex scene 
as in many other points of the film, she kept saying like, give me ecstasy. Can you please give me ecstasy? And after a while, I was thinking like, this is a really funny movie. If she's literally trying to find the drug ecstasy, like she's traveled all over yeah. the fucking globe to get yeah. a couple of pingers. And wherever she goes, she's like, please give me ecstasy. And they're like opium. And she's like, Oh, I fine, but please. And then the final beat of the film is she's like, Oh, I found ecstasy. Again, good movie. The other thing I'm thinking here is I got super disappointed because I'm like, like Hayden, I was along for the trip of trying to lose your virginity, but getting into hijinks and screwing it up. And she loses her virginity. It's like halfway yeah. through. I'm like, well, what's the, what's the rest of this movie? Yeah, what's then? left? It's that gone. Should have been the final scene. Yeah. Uh, but but what happens is old mate Matador goes for another expedition. And they're all like, hey, look at him. He's- it's got to be the next day as well, yeah. right? It's got to be like 24 hours later. So he gets he gets on a horse and tries to run away from a bullet bull. But um, surprise, he gets boned in the dick by a bullhorn or near a dick, near his dick. Oh, yeah. He gets Very gored. sudden as well. He gets mauled up they're all laughing. through the yeah. thigh. Oh, it's so funny when they have the, the way they film it as well. It's like they didn't really have... Like, you can't fake a bull, you know. You have to get Johnny Knoxville in there if you want to actually get someone smashed by a bull who can take actually, it. Actually, I, so I will just d- comment, that five-minute scene with Steve-O in it but halfway through was a bit weird, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, mate. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, so they have this shot of, like, a bull running towards another bull. You don't see the head of the guy that's on it. And then it and it goes all slow motion, but it's not even filmed in a higher frame rate, so it's just like they've slowed the film down. And then it just does a quick crash zoom to the Barcelona chick in in the audience. And her monocle falls. <laughs> yeah. And it just like <gasps> she stands up in horror, and everyone goes slow motion, and it's just like, oh, he's he's been mauled. And I'm like, oh, he's dead. Like this is really horrible. You know what a tragedy. The day after she lost her virginity, her new lover is dead. And there's still an hour left fully- of potential partners to come. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it cuts him fu- fully alive in like a back room with medics around him, and there's like a bit of a like it, maybe the horn went through his upper thigh, but I'm like, oh, he, he's he just looks, been cut. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna be fine. But we learn that it got his it got his junk. He's not gonna be able to um, perform sexually. I assume he can't get an erection, and that's what the last hour of this film is about, the struggle. He turns to the camera and shouts, Crikey, I've lost me mojo! (laughs) And the movie continues. Yeah, does one of those circle effects in on his face. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, you're right. I guess the rest of the movie, essentially, the plot is, how's she going to convince him to have a functional penis again? What can she do? And we have the really caring friend um, putting it to her quite gently, Mac, you don't care if this guy can never make love to you again? You've only had sex with one guy one time in your life and you want to, like, like stay with this guy like you're in love with him? Like, she's basically saying, look, you... You got it. He can't do it anymore. Let's. We can keep gallivanting around the world. We can give Hayden the movie that he wants right now. But she goes, no, I'm actually going to stay here and try and make this work. I think uh, this is one of the uh, kind of ways that the movie really reminded me of the Twilight franchise in mm. like how sexist this movie actually is. Oh yeah, like, it's a movie that feels like it might be a little progressive at first because like oh it's about like women discovering their sexuality. However, it's all about like really women preserving their like uh, virginal 
like yeah. power. When she's about to have sex with the sheik for the first time, he keeps like whispering to her, like, after this, no sex, you will not be the same. You will have yeah. lost it. You will never be able to have it again. Like implying like this is the only special night you can have sex. And then she finally does actually have sex, which like kind of like in Twilight, like ruins her life. Like it like <laughs> kills her partner essentially. Mm, and yeah. she's like punished for it for the rest of the movie until, you know, the, the final moment where she finally gets a pig. I always wondered why <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered why. Um virginity was like such a big deal the way i grow up it was like american pie i guess because they're like dude we gotta lose our virginity by prom night well, otherwise that's all- we're not cool yeah so that's sorry to cut you off that's also sort of why at the beginning of the movie it was like oh cool it's like female american pie this is sick <laughs> but yeah like the way she really covets her virginity and it has like this magical power and she's like i want to give it away to someone i want someone to deflower me but also i'm not that picky like i just want it to be romantic and then, yeah, the first guy she has sex with, she's like, I guess I'm committed for life. Like, even though he's disabled now, uh, yesterday we had you better sex. better become a bullfighter. Yeah, yeah. I better learn how to ride horses really well. Oh, yeah. So, so after she's like, you've only had sex one time in your life, the, the, the doctors like say, or even the guy says like, the doctors tell me I probably won't be able to perform in the bedroom. And she's like, I want to stay with you. I want to marry you. But he's like, no, I'm not going to marry you because my junk don't even work. Like, I know that as a man, it's unfair for me to marry you when I Very can't noble. give you what, what a husband needs to give you. And she's like, I'm cool with that. I'll look after you. We'll fall in love eventually. And I'm going to make that wang of yours stand back up. Like, that's my mission now. I reckon he's just being, like, a fucking creep. And he's like, oh, I've, I've, I've had sex with her once. Now if I can get her to leave. It's her 14th birthday pretty soon. <laughs> so soon. Because, yeah. spoiler alert, he does miraculously get better, like, very yeah. quickly. <laughs> but hold on, hold on. When she says, she goes, that thing is going to work. And then gives this cheesy thumbs up and goes, I guarantee you this. It's so weird. <laughs> it's really strange. As she's leaving the room, she like turns around this. and she's like, and don't forget, thumbs up. I guarantee. Again, again, she's just positive <laughs> about everything. This is the Mac guarantee. I'll get your penis working in five years or less. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest thing. And then, well, I, I, I can't remember what happens until the end of the movie now. Well, uh, because it is- I, I can give you some quick run-throughs. Cotton gets laid after this. And then Mac gets kidnapped by guys in black robes and thrown into a car. And it turns out it's the Sikh from prior, right? Who never got to have sex with her because he fell asleep. He's come to kidnap her. Yeah, and and so he grabs her. He's putting her into his plane. He says he (laughs) wants her forever. And he's like, I'm here to take your virginity, uh, assuming you've still got it. And she's like, I I don't. And then he's like, oh, well, I still want you to come with me. (laughs) But the way, again, it's that lackadaisical, like, when she's... When she finds out that the reason he's kidnapping her, she's like, "Oh, it's a yeah. misunderstanding." It's, it's just a no, matter no, no. of bad I'm not timing. a virgin anymore. Sorry, so we can end this. She's like, "Yeah," she's like, like she holds nothing against him. She was like, "Oh, I understand." Yeah, and she does get literally grabbed by like guys, virtually in ninja outfits, hauled off into a car and driven. Like, and she's not. 
like, oh my God, I'm about to be killed. What's going on? She's like, oh, he, yeah, he came back for my virginity. I don't have it how, anymore. How did they arrive in Spain? Because we only see his plane, which can only carry two people, and presumably he's too small of an aircraft to have maybe made that flight. And yet, mm. yeah, there's like a like a squad of them. <laughs> That's right. And the the plane the plane is used as a calling card, right? Like you don't you, you're thinking, oh, who's kidnapping her? Who's kidnapping Yo, her? And then which finally, which character you see, would have all these henchmen yeah. dressed as chic? <laughs> <laughs> then you see the yellow plane, and you're like, ah. But what's also really good is as the plane's trying to take off, um, Cotton grabs onto the tail. Of it. <laughs> He's trying like, to pull the, tr- the plane back and, she says, and stop it from Thank you off. so much. Thank you. She's in the plane and we get this close up of her face and she's like, Yes, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you have that. She goes, she goes Oh, yes, Cotton. Because Thank I have you. that. Re- I have. Oh, yes, yep. Cotton, thank you. Oh. oh, no, Cotton. Oh, no. It's like, because it's such a small plane, like one guy holding the tail of it will prevent it from taking off. And she's like, oh, yes, Cotton, thank you. Then the plane just takes off and he can't hold on to it. And she goes, oh, no, Cotton. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so emotionless. In a funnier movie, he would have just stopped the plane. He just would have had inexplicable superhuman strength. Yeah. yeah, it would have been great. I'll just set up what happens next. But if you go back to when we first meet the Sheik... Um, and they first get into this plane in the first act of the film. Um, Cotton's there, like, saying, all right, have fun going to have sex for the first time. By the way, you're wearing a parachute, and here's how you operate it. So he talks her through how to use this parachute. It's Chekhov's gun. Uh, right, yeah, okay. I didn't even remember that thing about the parachute, and from my point of view, she was in the plane with him. She says, look, sorry, I'm, I'm actually in love with someone else now. And he's like, look, I'm sorry, but I have my needs. It's a chauvinistic world. And she's like, I understand that. And like, and I, I'm quite flattered by that. But then, and then she literally just jumps out of the plane and, and kind of off screen as well, like just leaves the frame of screen. And, and I'm like, yeah. how high up were they? Did she just make a jump? But well, see, yeah. So, so that's why it's important that... You know the background of the parachute story, and then and then she, she goes back <laughs> to her friend work. in Barcelona, and 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 she explains what happened. And the friend or Paloma, maybe the little fourteen-year-old gypsy girl, is like, "Did he uh, steal you because you're just so cute?" And then she does that thing where she repeats the accent back. The racism <laughs> comes like, out yeah, again. He stole me because I'm so. Yeah. Cute. What is she? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. So. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, you stupid fucking bitch. He stole me, you dumb idiot. She just you hates Spanish her best friend loser. so much. She hates her with a So passion. then we, we, we have like the last half hour is her basically trying to tend to her impotent husband's needs. And, and things are getting a bit better. There's a point where she's like, today he let me hug him <laughs> and he even hugged me back. And in the background you have... Oh, so, so I don't know if it was set up earlier, but he owns a massive winery. And her, uh, Bo Derek's good friend who's hanging out with her through the whole movie, um, loves wine and always wanted to open a winery. So, Bo Derek buys the winery for her and thus the, uh, I don't know, what is he, a lawyer? I forget what his role is. is. The Scottish guy? Scottish guy? Oh, right. But doesn't she, isn't, is her friend Sophie, and doesn't she say that, like, her family owns vineyards? Is that right? So, she's like, yeah, I know all about wine. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. That's all. And so she's so he his Scottish man comes over. Scottish man and Barcelonan chick, Catalan. Barcelonan chick. They they get together and then meanwhile Cotton gets together with the housekeeper or the yeah. matador's mother and um it's all coming together except old mate still can't get his dick hard. Yeah. So Mac pulls perhaps the most seductive move on all. Getting <laughs> naked on a horse <laughs> and just Bouncing around in what I can only assume is very uncomfortable for someone to have no clothes and be bouncing on a horse. Yeah. But it impresses him and she, he's kind of into it and she's like, you're a hard man to seduce and he walks off and we get another crash zoom into her face. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What else happens? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm struggling. Dude, it, it gets really just like almost episodic. It's just yeah. like time passing. Uh, after that, we see her doing matador stuff, like on a horse. And I had a question. Crazy was horse she stuff. actually doing the stunts? Like it looked like it was her. With, with her clothes on this time. Yeah, it looked, yeah. That's her. Which is crazy because she actually spears the bull twice. And they say it's repeated that footage. That's like pretty dangerous and yeah, pretty yeah. evil. Having yeah. said that, the, the bull it, looks yeah. like a baby cow that they've like painted <laughs> horns onto. <laughs> it looks very small. But yeah, no, yeah. She, she seems to go all right, hey, with all the horse scenes. if her husband wrote and directed the movie for her. He's like, what, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> Let's write a movie based yeah. around that. He's like, you look good naked, and you can ride the hell out of a horse, and I want to get both of them. And you can smoke the hell out of some I saw you ride that horse that one time. (laughs) You was pretty good on that horse. Why'd you do that in the film? Well, John Derrick, I didn't realize you were here. Why don't you get naked on the screen for me, honey? Oh, John Derrick, (laughs) here in the studio. You know what's weird? So John Derrick died, I don't know, maybe like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. (laughs) Makes his appearance so impressive. You're looking good, John. But Bo Derrick... Bo Derek just hooked up with a different John. Right. She's 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 in a relationship with John Corbett, who some people might know from Sex and the City, but I know from uh, the Diablo Cody show, The United States of Tara. I remember that show vaguely. Yeah, yeah. So John Corbett from that show is in a relationship with uh, Bo Derek, and they just like <laughs> live together and hang out and ride horses and stuff. John How Corbett. incredibly lucky that she could find another man with the name John. That's another wild. actor called John. It was her. Yes, how rare. Yeah. Oh, the guy from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I got you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know who that is. So, yeah, she, she does all this sick matador stuff to impress them. And I think she's no. like, I gathered you around here today. Her friends are watching on. It's, so it's the I whole could, crew is watching her do this matador bullshit. The whole crew is there. Paloma, Cotton, the Barcelona chick, probably the Scottish guy. And, and she just says, like, I've gathered you here to get your attention so I can tell you that something's going to happen at sunrise. And this is a callback to... to um, a, when when she first loses her virginity to the matador, he sort of sets her up and says, "Hey, I'll be back here at sunrise." And then he comes back at sunrise and they have sex. So she's she's obviously alluding to the idea that she will fix his dick at sunrise. Yeah, it's a motif. She's pretty convinced it'll happen. And yeah, she shows up in his in his bedroom at sunrise with a cigar and wearing a hat and she's like, "I've got a happy surprise for you." I'm gonna bone you. And this 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 part made no sense to me. I would love someone to clarify this. So, so she I think maybe maybe he says or she says like she's she's going in for a kiss and he goes in to kiss her ear. Remember she did lick his ear earlier and he just bites her ear yeah. and she's been like hard and she 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 pulls back and she's like, Hey, that's not the way we did it last time. Yeah, she doesn't like it. And then she goes, But then I was a little girl and now I'm a woman. You <laughs> no, wanna taste 14. my blood? 
Yeah. You want to taste my blood. So she goes in again. He bites her again very hard. She jolts back. And I'm just like, is it his way of saying, like, I'm not up for this yet? Like, I'm I'm really angry about the whole situation and I'm not ready. Yeah, I think it's like his finesse is not there. He's not in the moment. So he's just lunging in. He's trying to he's trying to play it like he did last time but oh it's the just passion isn't there no oh, i read i read it as he was trying to get her to fuck oh, off okay. it's like go away i've told you my dick doesn't work leave me alone yeah and does he make her bleed yeah yeah he does mm-hmm. yeah the first yeah. time she's like that's not how we did it and she's like got blood and then she's like do you want to taste my blood and then they go in again and then she says like i want i just want ecstasy yeah. And then he go. He holds a pillow like to his face and just goes, "Make me whole again." <laughs> Does he say that? That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, because yeah, she like walks off across the room when he can't pleasure her with his ear shit. She's just like, "I'm out of here." And yeah, then he loses his temper. Oh, but you floor. okay? Yeah. So then we get the the thing that actually works for him is the most fucked thing in the whole movie, right? Mm, okay. The way she gets him uh, yeah. back into the zone is she starts asking him about when he was banging a 14 year old girl. And she's like, she's yeah. like, let's talk about that or something like that. Let's think about that. Tell me about that. Yeah. I bet she was real rough with you. Yeah. And, and like, I bet you were so excited because she was so young and stuff like this. And it's real creepy. I, I was really worried that like when it wasn't happening and she was going to be like, well, I know what'll get you there. That the door was going to open. Oh. Paloma was going to walk in <laughs> with like a birthday hat on. Yeah. Yeah. And he was going to just be like, like you, you act as the porn fluffer for this scene, please. Well, I thought he'd turn to the camera and go like, work. it's a living. And then it would just cut to credits. <laughs> in the same thing, when she when she's talking about the fourteen year old to to get him, she's not doing it in like she's not trying to insult him. She's not even necessarily trying to seduce him. She's just saying it kind of neutrally. But then she follows it up with just being like, "I really love you, and I and I want to be with you." And then she mounts him, and this time it works. Before that, um, as as she realizes it's starting to work, she turns to him and gives him a thumbs up and says, "What did she say?" <laughs> yes, she does. Says it the again. same phrase, whatever that phrase was. <laughs> oh, I told you I'd make that thing work, or that thing would work. Yeah, yeah. So weird, jarring, jarring. Thumbs up. They initiate intercourse and things get very steamy they get slow motion the lights go out like literally there's just smoke on the set for some reason yeah well i want to talk about that for a sec because this scene this whole scene begins with her he's in bed she walks in dressed as zorro smoking a cigar and it's like lit and just before she mounts to bed she like throws the lit cigar way out of frame and then they start canoodling and then suddenly it cuts and the room is filled with smoke. And they're like having sex in the smoke-filled room. And I kept expecting the comedy cut to just yeah. like cigar, Fire. like burning half the thing away. Like that would have been the Simpsons gag of yeah. it all. And like outside fire engines and cotton being like, they were so young. Funeral, end of movie. They do break the wall of reality by like, yeah, the lights go out. They're dark. It's smoky. And we see this mm. pink neon sign behind them that says ecstasy with an, with an EX. X. Yeah. And then for no joke, probably what, five minutes straight, they have sex. Like it's long. <laughs> Do you remember it's what she like, says though? Doesn't she react to the thing? She's like, I was right. Yeah, she's I like, spelled it right. That's how I spelt it. <laughs> <laughs> Did we set that up earlier in the film? Did you yeah, explain it? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> she turns to the camera and winks. <laughs> so a sex scene might normally end with uh, a romantic climax, two people like falling into each other's arms. This one ends with her going, oh, my foot, it's cramping, it's cramping. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like very funny. It's just like very odd. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, sorry, repositions her leg. It's like, that's better. Okay. And then it's the end of the oh, yeah, scene. Still, still kind of cramped. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the angle was not working for me. Yeah, uh, and then they then it cuts to them at a wedding ceremony, and they get married, and that's the end of the movie. So so abrupt. That's that's yeah, the movie. Be- the movie begins with like I'm gonna take a bawdy sex case mm. across the globe, and she goes, "It's like what happened? It's like I had sex once and got married. <laughs> I bought a yeah, winery. Cool. He cool lost movie. his ability to sustain an erection the next day, yeah. but we are married. Well, a guy did <laughs> lick my tummy with some honey. Also, I'm a professional bullfighter." <laughs> That movie yeah. was that was a wild ride, and again, like I was so hopeful that this would be the one that I scored highest <laughs> ever. Like I, I really thought this yeah. was a, just a unique. That gem. was me last time <laughs> with a, a low down, dirty shame. Like I was so keen for that, and so you cannot be excited for these. They will let you down every time. Yeah. But being excited thirty minutes into the movie, like surely after the thirty yeah. minute point, you're high and dry, right? You're like, all oh, right, cool. I know what's happening now. But they really... It was a little more watchable than I was worried it might be. We found that with all of them, I think. They are they are pretty watchable. Yeah. They're, all, they're good quality and like in, in the way they look and, and generally the acting's okay. They have budgets. The budget's yeah. good. I suppose to have like enough of a rating on... Enough reviews on Rotten Tomatoes to have like a substantial zero. Yeah. Like it's got to be relatively professional made. Like I've watched lots of like uh, sort of like NASA cinema projects where it's just like somebody's gotten a camera, you know, like The Room's like one of the most famous ones, like Neil Breen films, those sorts of things. And like then really like obscure weird ones of those. And those are like a challenge. But... You know, this was like a movie. There's none of those on the list. But these these are just movies that like get really boring and often there's bits that have been cut out so they just don't really make sense. They're just missing enough for you to be interested. And so they're almost harder to watch than something that's so bad it's funny. Yeah, you have mm. to do a lot of justifying. As, like these, these therapy sessions that we've been doing each week have been really helpful. <laughs> sort of unteasing what's happening. But yeah, you're right. There's always something missing and there's always... Or they just drag and you're like, come on, let's go. There's just uh, two more little things from the film I want to touch on now that we're like at the end. Um, I think you mentioned that she got dressed up in his army outfit for that scene. But did we mention that she's essentially dressed as a ghost? Mm. Like, that's really fucking weird. Oh, yeah, that's he walks right. in to like have sex with her. She's dressed head to toe in this, like a sheet. <laughs> and she's like, does this turn you on? I'm a ghost. Yeah, that was a real mood Perhaps she had killer. foresight to see the fate of her husband. <laughs> it was very odd. It was like, yeah. a, it was like a ghost with like, like a, a World War One yeah, hat World on. It's like a helmet with the spike yeah. on top. <laughs> What? This this is after after she leaves. Mm. He leaves her overnight. He he says like you know I'll be back at sunrise, right? So she gets like cabin fever in the room all night, and then she starts fucking around like yeah. I know I'll dress up as a ghost. And then when when he gets does he get upset or <clears throat> pissed off at her dressed as a ghost? And she's like, oh damn it, I knew it. What a stupid idea. This was never going to turn you on or something weird like this. Like, yeah, no, yeah. But unfortunately, I was forced to do it by a real (laughs) ghost. Um, Did also anybody else notice there was this one shot? I forget exactly which scene because this movie kind of like blends together. But um, 
man, it made me laugh. It's not really that funny, but they were at like a dinner scene and it just suddenly cuts to George Kennedy slash Cotton. Oh, I think the, the, I think it's meant to be that he's so drunk he's fallen over, but it's the one actual slow oh, yeah. motion, like high frame rate shot of the film. And it just cuts yeah. to him and his chair is just falling yeah. over. It's silent and he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yes. Yeah. And my girlfriend just said, is he dead? And she wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> it went for eight. It went so long. <laughs> I, that, that caught me off guard and it was, like it went for so long the slow-mo was like so high frame <laughs> that the first half of it i was like he's leaning back <laughs> in his chair but he yeah. but he may land again yeah, but i'm like apex. no he's gone too far he's hit that that accent point <laughs> where he's just going to fall and but i don't understand I, why i thought that they they had slow yeah i thought they'd slowed it down to make it look like he was leaning was like back on his chair second long shot. and they cut it just before he actually fell off so i don't think you were meant to notice <laughs> that it was a slow-mo shot it was like it was so much more surreal than anything else in the rest of the movie it felt like something out of the original suspiria or something just somebody like facing like the eternal voice <laughs> it needed someone to just yell timber <laughs> You must have that sound on your sound pad. Yeah, come on. We haven't heard from your sound panel all podcast, Declan. That sounds like a chair falling over. (laughs) Should should we go through and and give our ratings to Bolero out of 10? Yep. Let's go, Mitch. Give us your rating. How do you give it out of 10? How do you give it? I think it's an easy one. How do you give it? Well, I mean, you give it straight. You give it a straight two. It's not... Two. It's not. Yeah, I think two is a is a fair call. Uh, there's not a lot going on. The sex makes you feel weird. I mean, I wrote, I watched this with people. I watched this with my my two housemates. <laughs> there was a lot of confusion uh, as to what, why it was offensive on many different. It was registering on different offensive levels. Can Declan the stat man interrupt for a second just to give you some context? Mitch has given a two rating to two of the films on the list so far. They are Police Academy 4 and Look Who's Talking Now. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't like those ones. <laughs> I think this uh, left... No, the, uh, you know what? Given having said that, I'm going to go 1.5 for this one. Interesting. Wow. Fuck Bolero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This isn't... It's not my jam. Let's go to Morgan next with his rating up in the top corner there. Yeah, I mean, this this thing delivered on a lot of levels that the other tomatoes that we've viewed just didn't. Like we touched on a bit earlier how some of them are just a real slog from start to finish. Some of them I've had to pause every 10 or 15 minutes, Police Academy 4 being one of those. Some of them I've had to watch at 1.5 speed to get through them. This one was just watchable from start to finish and i think a part of that is the scenery we didn't talk a lot about the scenery and like the costume design like i don't know it was just enjoyable on that level to look at this film that's what i found with highlander 2 as well that was just fun to look at and the soundtrack didn't really throw me off at any point sometimes a soundtrack can just make you cringe i think this one flowed all right the dialogue and the acting was fine but as we've touched on, the themes and the story were a complete mess and piece of shit. And there were so many things that it could have done, could have picked up on that rhythm. We could have had that pattern of going country to country and seeing men with little dicks and multiple dicks just fuck up the sex acts. But um, yeah, overall, I think I'm going to give this a 5.5 just because it is better than a lot of what we've seen so far okay for reference morgan also gave a 5.5 to the film staying alive which came out the year before this one 
Okay. I f- yeah, I, f- I feel they're about on par. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, Morgan. The Some of the, uh, not sets, but the locations that they shot on, like in the winery and in his house, they were pretty, pretty nice looking places. So that was cool. Um, I'll just repeat myself and say that this had so much potential. I was so keen on this for half an hour. And if they had made the movie that I wanted them to make, it probably would have been a seven. Uh, but I, I think given the very, very sharp, like that last hour, that full 60 minutes was a struggle for me to get through. It became so boring. I mean, not, not only for, for the ridiculousness that was the rest of the movie, but also it, was re- it got really boring at that point. So I'll give it a... F- 4.5, 4. 4.5, 4.7, 4.7, <laughs> and uh, I'll let the guest, Michael, take it away, give us a well-written essay with all your film knowledge and skills, what do you think? Yeah, good, 10 out of 10, <laughs> well, I mean, I think that, you know, assigning a numerical value to a subjective work of art uh, is is a fairly uh, fruitless endeavour in the first place, but I do want to clarify for your scale, is 10 out of 10 like the best movie ever or is this out of a rotten tomatoes we're not sure i think i think we've got this weird hybrid scale for me anyway when i think about it there's a hybrid scale where like these movies are capped at 10 but all movies of all time are capped at 15 (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense and i would argue i would argue that more things need to be rated out of 10 this endeavor (laughs) is fruitful let's rank fruit out of 10 each okay, one. well, well, I'll go on the scale of 10's the best movie of all time. So 10 is Taxi starring Queen Latifah, and <laughs> 1 is the worst movie of all time. A Taxi so, Driver starring Queen Latifah. <laughs> Queen Latifah's dad. Taxi Driver too. The shot-for-shot remake of the Scorsese classic. So therefore, putting it at a 5.5 to me is saying it's better than a medium-level movie. Yeah. So um, I think I I think I'd give it a two because yeah. uh, nothing about this really works. Like it's not offensive. It's I mean it is offensive, <laughs> <laughs> but like um like God, everything about it. Like it is obviously look these are zero percent Rotten Tomato movies, but like the the story structure alone is really weird. Like there's no real first act. I, I expected the first act to be like this is her in a boring university life and all like the duds locally and all like the shitty guys that like are the tempting uh potential suitors, but they're also bad that, that she decides to leave. But instead, we jump right ahead into uh, into Morocco. But then that almost feels like the first act because they get out of there so quickly. But then it becomes this other whole movie. Uh, I'll give it a two because I've seen worse. But the only real thing that kept me going was I do think Bo Derek's performance is weirdly charismatic. I agree. And this might sound sacrilege, but I think she really, really reminded me of Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. Like, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that, that they resurrect Sharon Tate in a really nice way where they don't, like, give her flaws or really an arc. They don't make her a full character. Because it's like, we're resurrecting this person that was gone too soon and letting her, like, be nice and hang out. And so she's just this, like, beacon of positivity and light. And Bo Derek is kind of doing the same thing in this movie. I think they come from different intentions, absolutely. Yeah, think, and Bo Derek so. is from, like, a vacancy of artistic uh, point, I guess. But yeah, she kind of kept me buoyed along through the film. Although I watched this over two nights and I've literally forgotten the movie already. (laughs) Well, you can listen to this anytime to remind yourself. (laughs) I won't. (laughs) That's one of the things you find with these films. Because they're kind of hard to follow, you don't remember what happens afterwards. They do just slide away because you can't even, you can't even like, yeah, I watched this yesterday or something and I can't remember like half of the stuff. I have to write it down to remember the order of scenes and things. If I was going to rate it, which I believe I am about to, 
I would probably give it a 3.5, which is the same as what I gave Jaws, The Revenge. I don't like this movie, but I respect it because anytime there's a husband and a wife and he's like, honey, I want to take you to Morocco. I'm going to take you to Barcelona. I want to film you while you're at your physical peak. Um, I'm going to show everyone how beautiful you are because I'm sick of just enjoying it to myself. I want to share you with the world. And we're going to make a movie while we're there. There's something just magical to that. So I, I give a, a good shout out to jo- John Derrick over over the creation of this film. And, you know, he was in there doing all the cinematography. He was planning those shots. He was rocking those crash zooms. Someone should applaud that because you don't do something like that for nothing. Like the fact that they made this movie and we're watching it like 35 years later or whatever it is, they did something here and I think they deserve at least a three. So I've given them a 3.5. I would, I would agree with you. They did something. <laughs> they did do something. There's some things. I mean, there's a plane and a cool horse. Like that's, <laughs> that's not nothing. There was an opium scene. Actually, hold on. I'm just rethinking it. There was a lot of like pedophilic stuff in this that, <laughs> that I don't <laughs> yeah. gel with. Yeah. So I'll uh, give it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> so I respect them for going there. Like putting that on film... It's, it's risky to put your own mind into your film because it means people know what you think about. And if you're like, sex with 13 to 14-year-olds is not only good, it's standard in my world. Like, it's a risky Okay, move. let's just uh, cut that out. That can uh, just be a soundbite. <laughs> Jared from Subway. <laughs> All right, so we're pretty much done. Um, Michael, have you got any... What, what, are you, what are you working on at the moment? Oh, nothing. You know, just chilling. Yeah, nice. Just enjoying the quarantine. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's it. I am actually. I'm, I'm slightly. Look, it's obviously good that we're getting back out into the world, but like when they announced that, like, yeah, we're easing stuff, I did have a slight pang of sadness. Like, it's nice mm. to be like justifiably useless for a little bit <laughs> as opposed to like <laughs> pretending not to be. Yeah. I hear you. So that's good. But no, nothing to plug, uh, except this podcast, if you're listening to it, keep listening to the other episodes of these fine fellas yeah. and their sideways mm. views of some crazy movies. <laughs> Damn straight. Damn. I like that. Put that on a poster. You gotta get that together. Well, what, yeah, sure, sure, you have you have uh, legacy items that you could plug. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I got some like uh, little filmy bits and bobs out. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at TimTimFed uh, for some reason. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can just kind of see my stuff there. Or, and also, uh, watch the film Adoration about two mums who want to fuck their sons. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Did you make the YouTube channel Tim Tim Fed when you were really young? Is it like one of those like making a Hotmail address that you went on to regret later? Yeah, I, and also my, my main Gmail address is a misspelled character from Half-Life 2. So like I have a lot of these problems in, in my life. Now, t- yeah, Tim Tim Fed, I was like... I felt like when YouTube was coming out, if you're like my age, which is like 29... Um, Whatever your like gamer name was became your username for everything, and my mine was Tinterfair, which was better than like uh, you know Epic Killer Man sixty two. Yeah, um, I think I got, I think I was playing Unreal Tournament today, and I got killed. By, there was a guy that could kill me. He was just called like Best at Killing. <laughs> His name was like Prevar. Hell yes, that's I'm Epic Killer Man sixty two. That's my dog. How did he get that name? I think it was bestowed <laughs> on him. Oh no, I've been like Ultra Killer. Maybe that was it. It was pretty cool. I'm still using a Hotmail address from when I was 10 years old that was just something funny people said in primary school. And I've had to send that to people for like business things. You haven't had to. You could have signed up for a new email address so many times. 
No, they're full. <laughs> yeah, so they're out of emails. I did that recently. I, I, I've got a Gmail now. But uh, all right. What about um, Mitch? You got anything to plug? <laughs> yeah, let's all plug. Why not? Yeah. Um, I guess I've got a pretty luc- lucrative uh, onion juggling thing I do. Other than that, really just um, my, uh, 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 my OnlyFans. Uh, uh, you can get exclusive content. Uh, you can see me in the Borat suit. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun over there. I've got the male version of OnlyFans, which is I like, keep my shirt on. You pay me to keep that on. I, uh, I'm actually a fan of, uh, uh, it's Broly fans. It's, uh, it's like OnlyFans, but only pictures of Broly from um, the Dragon Ball Z franchise. Good. All right, should we end this damn thing? It's, it's gone off the rails. <laughs> All right. Good shit. Let's end it the exact same way Bolero ends with a five-minute sex scene. <laughs> All right, boys, let's go.